Welcome to the Daily Dish, folks. Thanks for joining me here at Greg Chats Cash. Uh, here on the podcast and on Instagram Live, talking about money stuff till my dishes are done at Greg Chats Cash. Today we're talking about paying yourself first. And I also want to thank and give a big shout out to some of the Ukiah High kids who put together the hashtag Money Woke ukulele theme song. Hashtag Money Woke. Hashtag I'm not broke. Because I save all my onesies to have a lot of funsies. And I really appreciate it. We made that back on August 15th when I did a workshop with a very great group of kids who were doing things to raise their awareness about their choices. They did things like you might have heard of affirmations before. It's this idea of having really positive statements that you say about yourself to build towards the self-identity and self-image you want to have. Uh, among other things, but that's a really, that's actually probably only a very partial explanation of what an affirmation is. But that's why I do a live podcast and Instagram live is because I go on tangents. But why I'm here today is to pay yourself first and third. One of the reasons I really get excited about sharing personal finance stuff is because I do go on tangents. For example, I'm someone who gets easily distracted by shiny things, fun things to do, activities, things that I start and don't always complete. And I am a recipe for disaster. I am like the perfect person to be taken advantage of in financial systems, which is why I'm so excited to share this stuff with people because for those of you who are like, oh, I'm just not organized with this stuff, neither am I. That's the beauty of it. When you figure out ways to hack your health, your wealth health habits, you can figure out ways to do things like pay yourself first and third. And here's what I mean by pay yourself first and third. Many people have heard the idea of pay yourself first, but if you haven't, here's what it means. If you are spending or making all this money or taking all your time to make money at a job or on side hustles or however you earn income, you are working hard to get it. And when you do, you need to think about, okay, well, you may want to think about how does that money leave you once you've earned it? For example, there's things like clothes, food, houses, renting, mortgage, uh, technology, electronics, day-to-day, -day, emergencies, family, all this stuff, gas, whatever, you know, vehicles, all this stuff that happens in life that is day-to-day, -day, uh, child expenses, all of these things, we're paying other people for them. So paying yourself first is the idea of when you earn money, what can you do even before you pay taxes, which is another thing you pay, how can we pay ourselves before anything else for the hard work we did? And it's kind of like paying your future self. And so what we're doing today is we're thinking about paying yourself first and third. So the paying yourself first part might be, for example, if you have a job that offers what they call a 401k, basically it's a type of retirement plan. I hate the phrase retirement plan because for me, it's more of a pay less taxes, have your money grow tax deferred, tax, uh, uh, you know, advantaged. It's, it's really one of the best ways to deal with taxes. If you ever feel like, oh my gosh, taxes are too high, paying yourself first through these retirement funds is a great way to defer taxes and get an advantage where your money is growing pre-tax. And that's what paying yourself first is, is paying yourself through these retirement funds like a 401k, 403b if your jobs offer it, or maybe a Roth IRA. This is an individual retirement account. I'm just naming a few of them because if you've ever heard these buzzwords before and you're like, I kind of think 
that might apply to me, hit me up and ask me about it at Greg Chats Cash anytime. I really, really want to help people at least better know what their options might be. Um, I'm not an advisor. Uh, I'm not a CFP, a certified financial planner, but I do know a thing or two about these topics and love to point people in the direction of the resources that are going to help them best. So that's paying yourself first when you put money into an account that goes in even before the taxes are paid. So then guess what happens? You pay the taxes, right? You're paying the taxes second, which is, you know, just the natural course of things, especially when you work for someone else. Your tax money comes out right away. Those of you who are an independent entrepreneur, solo proprietor, sole proprietor, own your own business, of course, y'all are probably having to put money aside for taxes. So make sure that paying your paying the taxes second, if you're not paying them out of pocket right away, make sure you're putting them in a savings account somewhere so that when it's time to pay those taxes, you got that cash handy and you're not caught in a pinch. Create a tax savings account. Those of you starting your own businesses, I love this idea. Um, actually, I got to practice what I preach. I, you know, I really haven't done that this year. I've definitely put aside the money to pay the taxes on the money I've earned, but I haven't created my own account yet. So that's me being real, me saying I got to get on that myself. So I'm not trying to tell you what you should do, just some good ideas for healthy habits. Once again, as you see, I get on tangents. Now we're getting back to how do we pay ourselves third? That's where you'll notice, I mentioned at least on Instagram Live here, that we pay ourselves third with the Roth IRA. This is the pay less taxes, make more money fund. Because your cash now has come in through your paycheck, through however you make your cash, it's now in your hands, in your wallet, or in your checking account. It is ready to spend. And of course, you're gonna do things throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year, spending on expenses, spending on family, spending on emergencies, spending on day-to-day -day stuff. But before we do that, just like we paid ourselves first, even before we touched those taxes, how can we pay ourselves third? So paying ourselves third would be opening up what's called a Roth IRA. This account is kind of like a super savings account that you can invest through and invest in a way that the average individual is best set up to save on fees and taxes. Here's how it works. Just like a savings account, you would open up a Roth IRA account. That could be at a bank or a credit union or what is often called a brokerage. It's another type of organization that is not a bank. It is not a credit union. Uh, sometimes insurance companies can do this stuff too. But basically, one of the things to be aware of is anyone who gets excited about you opening up a brokerage through them or opening up a Roth IRA through them is because we are creatures of habits. Once we open up this account, our chances of moving it are less and less, especially the longer and longer we leave it there. So they get really excited when we're gonna talk about parking all of our investing strategy for decades in one place. So of course, there's different people trying to win us over and convince us of different things. This is of course the spot when I say to you, don't just listen to some random guy doing his dishes talk about money stuff, make sure you do your own research because like Robert Brokamp says, before you invest in anything, invest in learning more about it. And I would challenge you this, when it comes to opening up a Roth IRA, one of the uh, ways to look at how you're going to do it is, what am I actually going to buy in it? Because unlike a savings account, when you pay yourself third through your Roth IRA, you're taking cash money that you've already paid taxes on, 
and you're buying an investment, usually. Sometimes you could do things like you could open up a money market account. In fact, I have a very silly, uh, oh, here's a good story. Here's a big money mistake I made early on. I didn't know enough about investing. So what I did is I opened up a Roth IRA and I had this idea of like, okay, I don't want to lose any money. If I'm not going to lose any money, I need to protect whatever I put into this Roth IRA. And I thought to myself, well, I need to have it FDIC insured. Well, that means that no money would be lost. It'd be protected. And I thought that's a safe way to invest. It's very conservative. And so what I ended up doing is buying what's called a certificate of deposit a CD, which those of you have heard before, like, I like CD ladders. Don't get me wrong. Short-term CD ladders can be a pretty handy thing for savings, uh, for keeping your cash earning a little bit more in a savings than just a savings account. But my point was, is I bought a CD through the Roth IRA. And what this does is this means that that money was making so much less than even inflation. It was almost like I took my money. Hey there, folks. Thanks for joining me. I took my money and while I did protect it from loss in the stock market, by buying a CD with such a low interest rate, I think it was 0.66, I was losing out to inflation. Here's what I want you to consider when it comes to your Roth IRA. Like I said before, of course, before you invest in anything, invest in learning more about it, and don't just invest based on some guy doing his dishes. I want you to consider looking at opening up a Roth IRA and looking into low-cost index funds. Because like I said when I kicked off this podcast and this uh, live stream, I am someone who goes off on tangents. And so what I've learned is the best investing strategy for me so that I don't have to focus on tracking every stock, every bond, every market strategy that I get into is I have looked into index fund investing, low cost index funds, which are funds that buy the entire stock markets or bond markets and when they buy them it's like a set it and forget it buy and hold strategy as long as you set up a really solid dollar cost averaging there are many people who have looked at really uh, long-term surveys of investors and investor success and some of the most unique surveys that have come out are some of the ones that talk about the greatest investor success over the long term are those uh, some of the investors who actually passed away and did nothing with their money. They just let it sit and ride. The buy and hold strategy is one that I'm a big fan of. Here's what I recommend. Maybe something worth looking into if you're interested in more, learning more about Roth IRAs. The creators of the index fund, those funds that buy all of the stock market and clump it together into one fund, allowing you to buy a share was created by a company called Vanguard with a guy named Jack Bogle. The company called Vanguard is an interesting brokerage in that it is one of the few organizations that's closest to a for-the-people style investing that there is. Because here's the thing. When it comes down to it, folks, we're still talking about the stock market. We're still talking about publicly traded companies. We're still talking about it. You know, a world that, you know, is not always on the up and up. Wall Street, for example. Not to say that all of Wall Street is, uh, a, you know, is crooked. But long story short, money can corrupt a lot of situations. Let's just put it that way. And so I would recommend that when you're someone who is hesitant about investing in investing strategies, 
look into Vanguard as a company that you want to know more about when it comes to trust and financial history. Jack Bogle is no longer doing quite the same active type of managing of that company that he was when he founded it, of course, but at the same time, I think there is still a strong, strong leaning towards shareholder value, aka the, uh, the people, the people owning the shares and part of the company. The cool thing about Vanguard is it's owned by the people who own the funds. So what I recommend and why I recommend that is because even though they started the index fund, there are many other organizations that now have index funds at comparable and competitive expenses. Because when all things are said and done, when all types of investing are created equal, which they aren't, uh, take a look at index funds because of not only they buy the full stock market, so you don't have to sit there and wonder if, oh no, should I sell Nike or is Under Armour doing what it should or, uh, you know, I mean, for example, uh, I, did anyone see Champion like becoming a big brand again? Who knew? Uh, but I don't even know how their stock does because I don't pay attention to that stuff. I buy and hold index funds. And for those of you who are worried about things like the Great Recession, I know what you're saying, but imagine this. Next week, you're still going to buy toilet paper. Next year, you're still going to buy toilet paper. If the price of toilet paper drops precipitously, you are still going to buy toilet paper. This is how I go into public stock total index fund investing. I know that I am going to be here in America or America is going to be around for the years to come, for decades. The economy and capitalism as it's rolling is not going anywhere anytime soon, uh, for better or worse. But with that, buying and holding in long-term investing strategies with low-cost index funds is a great way to get started in long-term investing. Time in, the bar time in the market beats timing the market. That was said by Burton G. Malkiel, a really great long-time, long-term investor. Max the Man has a question before we wrap up the podcast and the Instagram Live because my dishes are done. I really appreciate this question, Max. He says, what is the minimum amount to open a Roth IRA? Now, this is going to differ from organization to organization. For example, here's the strategy that I went with when I went to Vanguard and decided to focus my Roth IRA investing through them. The first thing I did was I opened up what's called a target date fund, which a target date fund is a fund that aims towards a specific date where you might imagine you might retire. And so if you open up like a 2050 target date fund or a 2060 target date fund. It's going to have a separation of uh, index funds of stocks and then index funds of bonds and some other types of um, investments uh, in different types of allocations, some in cash. But my point of the target date fund is it's a index fund strategy and it's low cost. And as you get closer towards retirement, the fund moves into more bonds than stocks. I did something a little bit different. The first thing I did is I got into a target date fund. The very minimum for those with Vanguard is $1,000. Then when you hit $3,000, you have access to other types of funds for investing. For me, knowing that I have a more aggressive stock strategy than most, moved my target date fund into the investor, I'm sorry, the, yeah, the investor share version 
of the total U.S. stock market index fund through Vanguard. I don't remember the numbers or the, the acronym right off the top of my head, but I don't need to because it's automated at this point. Um, but for those of you who hear the number $1,000 to start, $3,000, uh, these numbers are daunting. What I want you to consider are there are some other fiduciary-based organizations that work in your financial best interest. Remember, fiduciary, great word to hang around. There are some fiduciary-based organizations. One of them that I've heard of is called Betterment. Betterment, you can start with as little as, I think, 25 bucks a month. And that's a great way to get started, to just get the trickle started. Because also with a Roth IRA, you can only put in $5,500 a year. I say only because many of us are like, yeah, we can't even hit that target. Don't worry. You might not hit that target in the first couple years. That's fine. Time in the market beats timing the market. Also, one of the things I love about the Roth IRA and the reason I'll end with this and why I talk about it so much is it's not tied to your job. All the, a lot of these other uh, retirement funds are tied to your jobs. Now, there are funds that are accessible to you if you're a solo entrepreneur, running your own business, starting your own companies. I'm not gonna get into those details, but for the average investor, looking into if the Roth IRA might be available to you is extremely important. Teenagers, if you're listening to this and you've listened all the way to the end, wow, I really appreciate your time and attention listening to this guy ramble on. And I'll tell you a quick tip here. Teenagers, if you're 16 and you have a job that gives you a W-2 and you earn over $1,000 a year, you can contribute to a Roth IRA now. If you start contributing at 16 to a Roth IRA, the amount of money that compound interest over those decades towards retirement can make. And the cool thing about the Roth, there's no time that you ever have to take the money out. It could be passed on intergenerationally, tax advantaged, high advantage in the Roth IRA. So I highly challenge you to remember, ladies and gentlemen, pay yourself first and third. Thank you for joining me on this Daily Dish. Those of you jumping in and jumping out, thank you for your time and attention. Those of you on the podcast, I really appreciate any types of reviews, any types of comments. Let me know how I can make it better for you. And stay tuned. We're going to have more interviews. Those of you on the Instagram Live, over on the podcast, I interviewed Justin Price of Price Apparel Life Skate Shop over here in Ukiah, California, living it up. He opened a skate shop. I was like, I want to interview this guy because I want to own a skate shop. Have a great day, folks. And make sure you're making money moves because... To get money woke and stay money woke, it's about our habits. It's not just about what we know.